That's how you build rivalries, and that's how you build atmosphere. Edwards, three-pointer, is good! This team is right there with anybody else in, in the country. They are clicking on kind of a different level that we didn't um, that we didn't see this year. Perry for the lead. Oh! He did it again. How is this a personnel issue? Ish? I think I really think it's just a, a player fit. Like I I think, and it again, is. this is this is partially his fault, right? These are his transfers yes. that he brought in, right? But I'm still saying I think this is just a whiff. I think this is just a whiff on you his part. You can't, you can't, it, you cannot whiff with this much talent. And I love Texas Tech. This is home. And I get to stay home. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Zone Star State Podcast. I'm Matthew Bruni. Joining me once again is Ishmael Johnson. Ish, how are you doing on this uh, Tuesday January thirty first. Yeah, uh, trying to stay out the, trying to stay inside. I guess, <laughs> uh, like you mentioned before we started recording, it's basically our uh, our one week of of winter here in Texas. So yeah, yeah, it's going great. <laughs> yeah, that's I told you that's the that's the thing I don't miss is the like one week where you just can't drive. I'll never forget when the storm the snowstorm came through. Was that two three years ago at this point? Jeez, mm-hmm. uh, twenty twenty. Jeez. Yeah, right, um. Or 2021, whatever it was. Yeah, it's 21. Yeah, winter 21. Okay, yeah, 21. Um, so two years ago, and the power was went out, and I just remember, because you know we don't, as you know, Southerners, <laughs> we mm-hmm. don't have those like heavy coats, and so right. I would just put on two hoodies and a jacket and just two two sweats and, and go with it. To, it was zero degrees outside, and I had never even like been in snow that deep before, and so. <laughs> luckily it's not that bad but yeah Yeah. it's it's still like you still get that feeling yeah i just yeah cannot drive on ice or anything like that let's just say i'm (laughs) glad i moved to louisiana not some of the other jobs that where i was maybe considered for right in in the north (laughs) would not have been good but anyways um some interesting basketball results over the weekend um i think I kind of said, I sent you the layout, but I think we could start mm-hmm. with like a little recap of the Big 12 SEC, actually, just to kind of run through those results. And then from there, we can get into some of the like the Texas Baylor game and the Texas Tech comeback last night, which was awesome, of course. But um, let me pull up the uh, scores from the games. I feel like I should be able to say them off the top of my head. I watched a good amount of of the games on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, t- I was at the LSU-Texas Tech game, which was um, actually a little bit more high scoring than what I thought it was going to be. Yeah, but definitely. It doesn't, make, doesn't mean it was a good basketball game. It was not a good basketball <laughs> game. Right. Uh, Texas Tech beat LSU 76-68, to uh, stopping – neither team had won in the month of January. Mm-hmm. And so both were coming, I think, on eight-game losing streaks. Texas Tech wins the game in in at LSU 76-68 without Fardaw's AMAC, without um Pop Isaacs. So mm-hmm. it was a lot of like, you know, Davion Harmon, Jalen Tyson, um, so on and so forth. Uh, Kerwin Walton hit three or four threes. I think it was four threes. So Kevin O'Banner had a good game. So good for Texas Tech. Obviously, they come back and we'll talk about what they did last night, beating Iowa State. Uh, so that kind of 
two-game win streak now for Texas Tech. Is Texas Tech back? I think the question <laughs> needs to be asked. But, yeah, that game I was there. And then, you know, I don't know what other games you want to hit on just to run down real quick. Texas loses to Tennessee by 11. Mm-hmm. Um, TCU loses to Mississippi State by 7. Baylor beats Arkansas by 3. Those yeah, I think the, the big news out of the TCU one was more that, you know, Mike Miles um, yes. pulling up, right? So he's he's kind of – I think he tweeted that he's they're optimistic um, and he was going to have an MRI. But, of course, you know, it, it's, he's the best, their best player, right? It's one of the best players in the country. Um, and if he's not ready to go, that's, that's going to be massive. So we'll see. Um, he only played four minutes before he was out with an injury. So, mm-hmm. you know, he – it's up in the air right now. At the very least, it probably it's probably gonna um, be a couple games, um, but we'll see. You know, uh, hopefully it's just precautionary, yeah. and hopefully he can come back. Um, you know, come back at least at a reasonable time because they've been outside of this game. They were really on the kind of a good streak there. So, uh, yeah, that was kind of the big the big one to come out of this weekend. I think. Oh, and yeah. then of course, I mean, outside of the conference, just like or outside of the state, I should say. Uh, Oklahoma just put beat the brakes down on Alabama for some reason. What a result! I just yeah. I mean, I, I'm I had I said Alabama was the best team in the country the past like yeah. three weeks basically, and then they just go and just get shellacked by Oklahoma. Um, I will say eight of the ten teams in this you know challenge that won were the home teams. It did mm-hmm. home heavy. Um, you know you get that in games like these where they're not conference games and you have to get up for them a little bit more. Um, it helps when you play at home, obviously. And one of those losses was LSU. And I don't count LSU as a real basketball team right now. So mm-hmm. congratulations to Texas Tech winning on the road. Uh, the other road win was um, Kansas beating Kentucky. So, uh, yeah, like you mentioned, TCU, just got to get Mike Miles healthy. You're in the tournament. You're comfortably in the tournament. Um, I don't think they need to um, rush him back. The difference between being a – what through four three or four seed and a five or six seed isn't drastic in my opinion right right so, right gotta get him healthy um tennessee beating texas was not surprising we both predicted tennessee to win they were up i think close to 20 at one point yeah um i did not watch the full game i watched a little bit of it mm-hmm. but um it looked to me like tennessee's defense was was in control but then texas you know texas defense giving up 82 points to a tennessee team and allowing uh Nakamwa, I think that's how you say his name, right? Yeah. Um, to score, what was it, thirty points? Something like that. Yeah, it was. It was about thirty. Yeah, it's. 27. I don't know. We can talk about kind of the duality of of Texas the past couple of games, because um, I think they showed. To me, I, t- I tweeted why. After the Tennessee game, I tweeted why it's going to be such a hard sell to for Rodney Terry to get the full time job, um, because I think that like. I think I think it showed that when you go up against a team like as talented as you or more talented, right? He's not going to be the one to probably put you over the top. Um, granted, in the Baylor game, which they won, of course, we're recording on, on Tuesday. They won on Monday. Um, they they come out and they beat a team that they're more talented than, right? I think we, I, can, I think we can say that about this Baylor team versus this yeah. Texas team. Uh, yeah, we could talk about Baylor in a second, but yeah. Yeah. Um, and so it, I tweeted out and I still kind of, and I was talking to somebody about this and somebody in the industry and they kind of agreed where I think Chris Del Conte is going to make like a, a tough call. And I, I don't 
there's going to be a lot of people that are going to claim that are going to clamor for Rodney Terry to get the full-time job. And I think rightfully so he's going to, he should be involved in the search. But I think when you look at the hires that Chris Del Conte's made in other sports, you look at the hire he made with Chris Beard, right? It was a splash. Barring a final four run, I don't think he gets this job. I don't think so either. Um, and that's not to say the biggest. I tweeted this part. I tweeted out, and I, I got some UTEP traction. The biggest indictment we have is that we know what Rodney Terry's like as head coach, <laughs> right? That's, not, that's what I was gonna say. Like resume to resume, if you compare his to the entire the rest of Big Twelve SEC, like you go through what he did, even. I mean, I'm at LSU, Matt McMahon. You go to Mississippi State, Chris Jans, right? Like, mm-hmm. all the mid-major coaches that were promoted were winning significant amount of games at their prior right. stops. Like, this is McMahon, Murray State, you know, uh, Chris Jans, New Mexico State. Like, you go through the list. Mm-hmm. Uh, Porter Mosier at Oklahoma, Loyola, Scott. Like, that's what you usually get. And I understand Rodney Terry. I think they're still going to be good. I think Texas Tech could very well make – Sweet 16. Um, but like you said, barring a final four run, like even an elite eight run to me, I just, I don't know if his resume is good enough to get him there. That's my question. right. If, if you yeah. can go get, I mean, unless if the, if, unless if the pool is smaller than we think, but I'm just going to continue to throw out their big names. I just can't see. I think Texas is the top. I think we talked about like top eight job in the country. Yeah, no, hundred percent. I think like, I think like, I mean, yes, it is a big thing that they beat Baylor, right? They hadn't beat Baylor since twenty nineteen. Um, of course, what was the final score of that game? I can't remember. Um, yeah, let's, let's, uh, sixty six. I'm oh, sorry. Go ahead. Into it. Let's just jump into Texas yeah, yeah. Baylor. Seventy six, seventy one. You know, uh, Texas holds on against Baylor, and I think that. It was probably one of their it was one of their better defensive performances, right? They didn't shut Baylor down by any means, but like this is a team like you mentioned had really struggled on the defensive side of the ball. Um, I think Baylor shot thirty percent from three, forty percent from two. It was it was pretty it was really good. Um, and so I think I think they did a really good job on the guards. Um, Adam Flagler and Cryer did decently, but they had to put up a lot of shots to to, to get those points. Um, Keontae George okay right he, he kind of forced a lot of sh- his last shot he took was really not great it was like a 45 footer to tie the game um or to win the game i should say um and you had a lot of big shots from their players right and that's what i think that's what rodney terry does best right i think he gets he gets a lot of players to play freely um jabari sir jabari rice is probably looking like the best six man in the country right now um tyrese hunter struggling a little bit but again you have marcus carr to make up for that Timmy Allen looks like he's still really good. And so you have players playing freely, playing comfortably. And so I think, and then players love him, right? Like players, obviously that that's the one thing he's, that's the biggest, I think, endorsement for this job is that he's managed this really crazy situation. Well, the team hasn't fallen apart. They still look like a top 10 team, um, all things considered. And I think that's what makes it tougher for me to even <laughs> hold out the fact that I just don't think he gets the job. Um, because I don't know if you want to flip to Baylor now. I think this Baylor team's fine, but like, you know, we've had our we've had our 
concerns about them, right? Yeah. Defensively, they're not very good uh, depth-wise. I mean, Flip Thamba had to basically play with four fouls the entire game, right? Like he wasn't foul trouble the whole game and he had to play. Um, they're just not as shut down defensively as we've seen from Baylor. Um, it's not every day that Baylor's going to have a less talented team than Texas. And that, that was the case last night. So, yeah, I don't know. I mean, while it was an impressive win, I always thought this would be the year that Texas would get Baylor back, you know? Yes. Yeah, talent from a talent perspective, I don't think it's I don't want to say it's not close because Cryer, yeah. Flagler, George are very, very, very talented. Like they're elite guards of college basketball. But mm-hmm. um everybody else on this team is is expendable. I mean, Flo Thamba, twenty five minutes, uh five points, five rebounds or I'm sorry, five points, five fouls, six rebounds. Man, it just sucks that this team doesn't have Jonathan Chamochachua. Like, right? I was like, he, he's, a is a great. Yeah, he's a great backup big. Yeah, man. But asking him to do what they're asking him to do is is impossible. It's just not not possible. And then you have Josh Ojemuna, who's a freshman, who I think is actually going to be pretty decent. But played 14 minutes off the bench. Caleb Lohner, seven minutes off the bench. Dale Bonner, 18 minutes off the bench. Um, no Langston Love tonight or last night. I don't know if he's out what his situation is Jalen Bridges I think Bridges has gotten better which I think has been a huge development um, mm-hmm. for this team but still it, there are limitations to his game and then offensively they just without that rim running five without a guy at the five that can actually do something it just feels like they are a little too easy to guard at times so mm-hmm. um, George Cryer Flagler are going to continue to put up a lot of shots a lot of threes um, but they're just not a very dynamic offense in the way that they have been, I think the past, you know, or two years ago, obviously. And then last year with the Kenjo, you could kind of, with a Kenjo last year, you could kind of space it out. He was, he's obviously more of a four general type point guard. I mean, it's this year doesn't feel the same as it has. So yes, Texas, um, this was a good get back game for them. I think defensively, Mm -hmm. they kind of matched up pretty well with Hunter and um, Allen Mitchell, you know, those type of guys. Uh, but overall, I don't think this changes anything for like either team. We kind of knew what, we know what they are both ways. And I will say this as well is Texas at home seems very, very comfortable. Like, sure. Yeah. I mean, Moody Center is a Baylor great venue. Home. Yeah. They've beaten a lot of good teams. I think they've beat three top 15 teams at home. Right. Mm-hmm. Something, something like that. I think that was the stat. So, yeah, they can win at home. Cool. Um, I think it. this is definitely a team that, um, would be favored if this if they every team had to play them at home but uh obviously that's not how basketball works all the time so we'll see how they do um moving forward uh they got kansas state on the road and then kansas on the road is their next two games so we'll see yeah and so i think <clears throat> to kind of wrap up the, the rodney terry thing a little bit too like i think what 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 can be presumed is that they're not gonna um the bottom's not going to fall out, right? This is still a team that we should have expectations to probably at least get to the Sweet 16, right, in my opinion, um, based on talent. And so, you know, I think that it'd be a realistic disappointment if they didn't make it that far. Um, and like I said, this is still a top a, t- a top 10 team, right? Maybe that top five aspect that we kind of had for them changes with a coaching change. I don't know. Um but we'll see, right? This is the difference between this team um, 
the the difference is right now is that this team maybe doesn't have the top end that we thought they did. Um, which again, that could change as well, right? They can go beat. They have Kansas coming up in two weeks, or I guess a week. Uh, this this next Monday, um, at in in at Kansas, and so they can come in with a big win there potentially. Um, of course, they got Kansas State before that on Saturday, and so they come out with a win, right? They're in sole possession of the Big Twelve, right? Right now, they're sitting in first. So, um, after all this being said, they could very well come out on top and be on top of the Big Twelve by a game or two by next week. Yeah. Uh, I'm just looking at Joe Lenardi's bracketology right now. I just had one. Yeah. Came out with one today. Um, he has Texas as a two seed right now. Um, in that same little bracket as Missouri as the seven mm-hmm. seed. I mean, I would think Texas would roll Missouri um, if they played in the second round. So that gets you to the sweet 16. And then obviously from there, you're going to play a team like he has Virginia on the other side of uh, Virginia and Providence as three six so you know mm-hmm. teams like that obviously none of this is set in stone but you get sure. teams like that to where i think if texas is a two seed even a three seed i think mm-hmm. their floor is high enough to get them to a sweet 16 it's just what mm-hmm. are you going to do after that you know are you going to beat a virginia are you going to beat uh like a you know tennessee will be a one seed but you know a two seed or a three seed to get to right. that elite eight and then final four potentially who knows maybe things break their way um, it's a tournament after all, <laughs> single elimination we know it gets, but uh, that was interesting. So yeah, we'll, we'll see how that uh, plays out as well. I was about to say, when- at, the very, at the very least, like the Big 12 SEC challenge kind of showed, you know, the balance of the, the, how the Big 12 is probably the better conference, right? And like, despite Tennessee and Alabama probably kind of potentially controlling one of the, or two of the four one seeds, you know, we just saw Alabama completely break down against Oklahoma, right? An Oklahoma team that Texas can beat. Um, and so who knows, right? They get the right bracket. Okay, sure. They might be a two seed, but they could potentially be the best team in that region, right? Um, even as a three seed potentially. So yeah, it it is going to be just because we're, we're pretty critical on and critical because we follow him, right? In terms of Rodney Terry and what he can do, right? That, that's yeah. what I mean by critical. We've, we've seen very recently <laughs> what he can do as a head coach. That doesn't mean that, Texas is going to fall apart necessarily. Um, I, we just, again, we just weren't worried about that top end of the team. So yeah, we'll see. Um, we still got the season to play out. So yeah. Uh, side tangent here while I'm looking at the bracketology, Joe Lenardi has Texas A&M as one of the first four out. I saw that. Yeah. I'm trying to figure out how we got here. They're seven and one in conference. They've beaten Auburn. Now I understand the thing is the non-conferences. So and we talked about AM before. It's like, all right, they're gonna do it. They're 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 looking great. They beat Auburn. They just beat Vanderbilt at home by six, yeah. which is a fine result. Yeah. They lost. I think they're two, they would have had two. I think they would have had two Q1 wins. Cause I think in Memphis count they would it was that away at Memphis, and I don't know if a neutral yeah, site so lost. Boise State would have counted too. Yeah. So they like how much more do they have to do to be a lock in the tournament at this point? They they have Arkansas on the road next. Is yeah. that a must win? It might be a must win because um, we talked about it. Like their SEC schedule, like we've talked about how much. I think they need to. Them. Yeah, I think they need to split with Arkansas. The art the two Arkansas games. Okay. Yeah, they need to the split Arkansas those. Games. Do they have to be Auburn again at home? Let me see. Let me see what Torvik has. They, pro- I didn't, they I probably have haven't. to be Auburn at home. Again, so the yeah. sweep with Auburn, split Arkansas, obviously take care of Georgia, LSU, um, Ole Miss, mm-hmm. uh, those three, whatever. 
Um, you got Mississippi State, Missouri, probably split those. And then let's say they lose to Alabama, Tennessee. That puts them at, what is that, 13-5 and five in conference? So they're 2-3 and three right now in Q1s. Um, I'm just saying, if they go 12-6 and six in conference, there's no way yeah. they miss the tournament. Oh, no, 100%. I, I agree. Um, they're, right now, the 2-3 and three in Q1s, uh, they do. So Boise on a neutral did count as a Q1. Uh, so that's that's the biggest problem, right? Is that they've only played five Q ones and they've lost they've lost three, um, two of them non conference. So the projection right now they count. Let me see. Arkansas, both Arkansas games. Hmm. Um, Alabama. The SEC is yeah. really Alabama. not this year. No, outside of outside of Alabama, Tennessee, Lenardi has Kentucky as one of the last as the last four in. And then yeah. AM at the first four out. And I'm like, damn, those teams are like two of the top five teams in the conference. Yeah. At Arkansas, at Missouri, at Mississippi State, Alabama, home against Alabama are the three Q ones that are the four Q ones that they have, really. So I mean, probably at the very least two of those. Um, I think they need to go five hundred in those. And then of course, barring a tournament run, which anything can happen. Um you know, if they if they get if they get that what was it? What'd you say? Which what's the record you 12 gave? 12? 12. If they got twelve and six, they're in, barring like a first round elimination in the tournament. Yeah, because then that's basically um, twelve and seven. Right, yeah. So I would say if they win if they get twelve and then they win a game in the tournament, I think they're in. Um but yeah, I mean it just shows that awful <laughs> awful non conference, man. Like it was uh yeah. the fact that they're doing this and then you know they're but they were kind of starting on their back but anyway so yeah i mean yeah if they beat any of like memphis boise state or even like colorado they're probably i was about to say that i think that's and then that slip against murray state too like yeah. that's a bad loss too so yeah it doesn't help so anyways yeah that'll be interesting to watch i just saw that mm-hmm. and i thought that was worth talking about because sure we 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 were Rape seeing their praises, and I still think they deserve it because they're seven to one in conference, but uh, it might not be as comfortable as as we thought. <laughs> um, at this point, all right, um, let's run to the whack because we talked about Sam Houston State last podcast mm-hmm. about Sam Houston State. Shout out to them. Um, but Stephen F. Austin then had its turn in the in the ring against Seattle and took care of business at home. 179 to 65, improved to seven and two um in conference play. They have New mm-hmm. Mexico State up next, and New Mexico State is 0 and 9 in conference. Good God. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyways, they should win that game. Yeah, uh awesome overall, grace. I mean I'm I'm looking at Kim Palm has them at 12 and 6 in conference. I think they could probably do a little better, maybe 13 and 5. I mean, yeah, I think that, yeah. RGV, Abilene Christian still on the schedule, a UTA on the schedule. So that's four right there. Yeah. I mean, I mean, yeah, the, I texted you. I think I just said all this proves that Seattle doesn't want none of, <laughs> doesn't want none of Texas because they, so the soft they Northwest really boys. <laughs> they looked really good until they played those two teams. Um, but no, I mean, yeah, this is awesome. Like I, this is, this is, I don't know. It's got it's, Sam Houston's a nice surprise, right? I don't know if we expected this from Sam Houston um, after losing all the players they did last year. But uh, SFA, this is kind of what we hope to see them get back to this, right? Um, they've always been kind of the class of the of the, of wherever they've been, Southland Whack, um, and they're kind of putting together two years in a row now of back to back, you know, uh, strong finishes. And so we'll see if they can get back into that. They're right back in the 
what uh projected right now fourth right now um i believe one game out or half a game out of first with utah valley so mm-hmm. i mean yeah this this whack this this is going to be a very interesting finish because you got sam houston one game out sfa half a game out Tar- i mean this is wild tarleton's technically only two games out i had tarleton on our list to talk about as well yeah like they're two two games out of first which is nuts because they're in like sixth right now um of course Albany christians you know they're they're kind of a distant they're right behind them but in a distant way uh they're three and six in conference so yeah i mean yeah uh, tarleton state beat grand canyon uh 81 to 62 like grand canyon's a really really solid team that has Mm -hmm. kind of been up and down throughout conference so um impressive result there i will say for our um sfa uh talk Day Day Hall, man. Day Day mm. Hall, 15 points, 10 boards, three assists. What a guy. Um, Ken Palm's MVP of the game. So shout out to yep. Day Day Hall. Latrell just uh, Latrell Giselle. Um, we talked about him a lot. 15 points. Um, Kajuste, I think that's that's how they, they say his name on the broadcast. Uh, eight points. So Rody Ware, 12 points. It's just a really, really solid team. Nigel Hawkins mm-hmm. still there. Um it feels like one of those conferences where there's not a dominant team, obviously. I think mm-hmm. right now, uh, like New Mexico State being down obviously helps that because if there was a normal New Mexico State team here, maybe that's sure. different. But, man, uh, this feels like a wide-open conference right now. And if uh, like if we, we think Seattle's fraudulent, then, I mean, Utah Valley is <laughs> probably the only one I can – I'm looking at like, okay, they can be – they're going to be the ones to to beat moving forward. But Sam Houston State six and three, SFA seven and two, Tarleton five and four. Those are our three Texas teams in the in the mix. Yeah, SFA currently shooting thirty nine percent from three as a team. That's nuts. They're ninth right now in the country. Um, really, really doing a great job. Uh, gen- generating a lot of turnovers. They're also kind of turning the ball over, but uh, they're twenty. I believe they're fourth in turnover percentage defensively. Uh, 337th in turnover percentage offensively. Um, but again, that's, to me, that shows that's, a, that's typically a lot of risks, right? A lot of risk reward there, um, risky yeah. passes, things like that. Um, but I did want to hit a, hit a little bit more on Tarleton as well. Um, Tarleton, we're going to, I think we're going to see Billy Gillespie pop up in a lot more coaching searches coming soon because he's done a great job. Like he really has. This team is a team that comes up to, from uh division two and is more or less holding it has been held its own since the very beginning um they're 500 so they're not lighting the world on fire but like again d2 coming up <laughs> right we're, we're, we're we've praised commerce three. for mm-hmm. yeah year three and so like we've praised commerce for doing this right and commerce looks like a team that's can hold its own absolutely but tarleton has been doing this and i think now that they're three years now of being at least in the conversation as like a legitimate whack threat. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it can't be said enough. I mean, I'm trying to think they get to the line. They're second in the country in free throw percentage, uh, free throw attempt percentage, which is insane for a team that's um, uh, just coming up. Right. Like that's typically not something you see from a team that's coming up from D2 uh, now for three years. So I don't know. I, I'm impressed with this job. Um, if especially, I'm trying to think, their next couple games, UTA, UTRGB. That's two. That's two wins. Right. I there. mean, like, 
I mean, they can go on a four-game win streak, right? UTA, UTRGV, Southern Utah, Utah Tech before they get SFA. Like, we could be talking about a, a, a Tarleton team that's within, within striking distance of a, uh, competing for a conference. Oh, and one of our favorite things to do on this podcast was to read off box scores of, of Tarleton State <laughs> because you just got free throws, turnovers, uh, missed shots everywhere, but it's chaos ball. Is that what, is is that what we called it? Chaos. But Billy Gillespie seems to have um, have this team clicking right now. We, we were questioning it, not really questioning the non-conference because they played a really tough non-conference like with Arizona State, mm-hmm. Baylor, UCF, so on and so forth. But like, I mean, they – the loss to Abilene Christian hurts early in the year, but I think or early in conference. But now that I feel like they're starting to beat Grand Canyon by 20 points, I don't care what the situation is. That's a really impressive uh, win. Mm-hmm. So, all right, let's move on to uh, the last men's game to talk about here is Texas Southern and Prairie View. Anytime these two play, I promise we will do our best to talk about it. And this is it. This is the game. I, I told you before we started, I watched the game. I watched the, the last um I watched the last five, ten minutes of the game, regulation. Then I watched the first mm-hmm. overtime. And I knew the final score, so I was like, I'm not gonna watch the second overtime. But I watched the that uh, that much of it. And Texas Southern A, it looked like an awesome crowd. So shout mm-hmm. out to everybody there. Texas Southern Prairie View, I'm sure obviously draws plenty of eyes of it already. Um, but it looked like a lot of fun. Texas Southern was down five with about 20 seconds left in the in the first overtime. Comes back, hits a three. I think it was uh, John Walker hits a three. And then – or no, I'm sorry, P.J. Henry hits the three. They get a steal. They score, tie the game. They go to double overtime, and then Prairie View just ends the game 17-2 to two in, the, in the second overtime. Oh, that I might be one say, of the I don't, I don't disparities I... I've ever seen in an overtime. I was about to say – First time I saw this score, I was like, oh, man, the text, uh, Prairie View put it on him. And I was like, wait, double overtime? <laughs> double <laughs> overtime, 89-74 to 74 final. And oh, after yeah. a, a being tight pretty much the entire game, I mean, Prairie View jumps sure. out 21-10, to 10, Tech Southern fights back, you know, takes the lead. Um, they go back and forth. And then the overtime was awesome. Like, and then all of a sudden – the Texas Southern just, I guess, ran out of gas, and Prairie View just ended the game. So, uh, shout out to Prairie View for getting getting the win. Uh, it's a really, it's a Prairie View team that, like, obviously, you know, we don't watch every a, a lot of Prairie View or Texas Southern basketball. Um, mm-hmm. They they've been kind of disappointing this year as far as in the SWAC goes. Obviously, we only judge them in the SWAC in the context of the SWAC, and usually sure, we sure. expect uh, Texas Southern to be up on the near the top. Uh, we're at the top. Prairie View has mm-hmm. been near the top for a lot of years, but uh, after this game, Prairie View is at four and five. Texas Southern's at three and six, so well below the pace set by Southern, Alcorn, Grambling, Arkansas, Pine Bluff. So, yeah, uh, it is a disappointing year. But you know what they say in rivalries: throw out the record books, throw out the records, or whatever it is. And mm-hmm. um, Prairie View got it done. So shout out to them. Yeah. Uh, go, I would say go uh, for anybody to go back and check the finish of this game because uh, the regular the regular uh, uh, regulation finish of this game because I believe it was John Walker got the got a put back right it was it was actually mm-hmm. I forgot who took the first shot but it was actually a pretty decent look yeah. uh, he misses it short I think John 
yeah, John Walker gets it for Southern, puts it back in. And then Prairie View gets down, and they they got a really good look yeah. and almost a tip in, and it, like, rims out yep. uh, as, it, as it goes, as the time expires. So it was actually a really fun finish to this one. Yeah, I think it was the end of overtime. I think that's when it was. Oh, was it first? Okay, end, okay. Yeah, I think the regular end of regulation was just a preview shot that missed. Right. Um, but yeah, it's it is a kind of a new ish look team for Prairie View. Um, mm-hmm. we previewed them before the season. We thought Jeremiah Gambrel would be kind of the guy. He ends this game with zero points in fourteen minutes. Uh, Will Douglas, you know, is another guy we had on our radar. He's not didn't play a ton. So, mm-hmm. but for Texas Southern, it's TSU. It's the the main guys, I think, John Walker, Devon Barnes, yeah. uh, PJ Henry, guys like that. Yep. So we'll see if they can make a another miraculous tournament run. Uh, I was about to say, don't don't count out Johnny Jones until it's done. We will not be counting them out. Next time Texas TSU and a Prairie View play is uh, March fourth. So we'll see. We'll check. There we in. go. Check back in then. All <laughs> right, let's go to the women's side. Ish, we. I really, I don't want to have to do this again. Oh no! But it looks like I might have been wrong in burying the team <laughs> again for the second time this year. Dig up another body. We might have to dig up another grave. Actually, they they themselves have grabbed the shovel and started somehow <laughs> digging themselves out of the grave. Um, mm-hmm. North Texas women's basketball. My alumni, my uh, my school, the the first team, first basketball team I ever covered in college. For program, I should say, was they were three and six. I was ready to bury them. I was ready to bury them well before that. But uh, three and six, they have now won two straight. They beat UTSA by three in San Antonio. Mm-hmm. Then they went to El Paso and beat UTEP by three. So they're now five and six. And um, this team, I mean, the talent has never been a question mm-hmm. with North Texas, right? Like, sure. we know Quincy Noble. Is going to put up like 20 a game. Sure. Um, Jock Lamore had been extremely disappointing for mm-hmm. this, especially in the non-conference portion of the season, going to the bench and everything like that. Looks like she's found her footing a little bit. And then everybody else is kind of felt falling into place. It starts with Quincy Noble. She's playing great. Yep. Um, we can talk about the UTEP side of this a little bit as well, because that is something. Mm-hmm. But North Texas, five and six in conference. Went on the road, two back-to-back wins on the road. Um, they're they're looking like they're not completely dead. Yeah, I first of all, this is a team where I think they're also they also look like really a lot of fun. Like, cause like they're not defending anybody. <laughs> like they're not, they're not playing. Hey, they held UTSA to fifty-one, man. UTSA the that is very true. I was about to say, I think UTSA is also like the last offense in like the conference, but regardless, um, they are indeed the last place offense in terms of shooting percentage. Um, but regardless, UNT's put up like the best offense in conference so far. This, uh, even counting all the ups and downs, they had the bad loss to FIU. They come back and beat FIU. Um, they do the same with uh, FAU, I think, as well. They lose to them in the first conference yeah. game. They come back and beat them in the next game. And again, they're not their defense is like ninth, I think, but it doesn't matter because like they're really hitting their scoring stride. I'm trying to think. They are first in field goal percentage, first in two point percentage, second in effective field goal percentage. Like they're just like they're they're able to generate points. And I think Quincy Nobles figured out 
you know, she's she's escaped or erased her struggles. Arana Hardaway has been like a revelation for them at point guard. Uh, she's more or less been like a second guard for them. Uh, I think the biggest thing is that Ken, uh, Quincy Noble hasn't been hasn't been asked to be like their main playmaker, right? She's like fourth on the team in assists right now. Kendall Magruder's been playmaker, uh, been been uh, right there with Hardaway in terms of assists. Jordan Carter's been that way with assists. I think the other thing is they've decided to not let Jacqueline Moore shoot a bunch, <laughs> right? Like Jacqueline Moore is not asked to shoot a lot anymore. I mean, we said early in the year she she couldn't. I mean, she was shooting like ten percent or whatever it was. Um, right. In conference, at least, she's gotten it up to what are we at forty percent? Right. No, I guess that's what I'm saying. Like she's not there. Again, the the expectation for her was to be the number two. Yes. And it clearly was not working out. Yeah. Magruder. And now they're just like, okay, let's reel it back a little bit. And it it's helped. It's worked, right? Like she's just she's not having to jack up twenty shots, right? I wonder if uh, SMU could have learned a little bit about Zach Nuttall last year, where it's like, hey, if we just have him shoot half as much yeah <laughs> what would that do um because yeah let me see her splits a little bit when since conference started so yeah you had so let me let, let me just compare this so the first four games for her 18 shots 11 shots 14 shots 14 shots Ooh. right yeah. compared to the last 9 13 8 12 and then going back 10 6 she's not shooting as much and let's look at the shooting percentages 50 30 50 62 23 against UTSA, which nobody was shooting well in that game, and then 33 against UTEP, compared to 27, 14, 21, 11, right? Those are percentages I just rolled off, by the way. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, I think they just reeled her in a little bit. Her assists are up compared to earlier in the year, right? She had three combined assists in her first three games. She finishes with five in the last three games. So I think they figured out what she can do. And it's helping the whole team because one, she's not wasting possessions by putting up bad shots. She's generating better looks for the better players, maybe like a Quincy Noble, uh, Kendall Magruder, things like that. And it's just, it's, I think it's just adding depth, which is the thing that I think the thing that I didn't necessarily expect. Cause like when you lose a Jay-Z on Jackson, when you lose, you know, a Nia Boyd over the last couple of years, yeah. you wonder what kind of you have left. And I kind of headed into the years thinking, okay, it's going to be Quincy Noble, Jocelyn Moore, and then they kind of make it work. Well, no, now it's just actually like a rotation of like four four or five players in the backcourt. And if you look at the standings, mm-hmm. Middle Tennessee is a top 25 team. They're 11 and 0. Yep. Good for yep. them. Western Kentucky is 8 and 3 right behind them. All right. They're, no one's catching them. Mm-hmm. UTEP falls to 6 and 4, which is why this loss is significant. You lose that right. home to North Texas. Uh, so they're six and four and third place. After that, you go, I'm not going to name the teams, but five and five. Well, Rice is five and five as well. So five mm-hmm. and five, five and five, five and six, five and six. North Texas, five and six. And FAU of four and seven. Like that's the middle of the pack. North Texas yeah. conceivably, conceivably could finish fourth. Mm-hmm. Like th- this game against Rice, they play Rice February 4th. That game, whoever wins, will be in a really good position to finish like fourth or fifth in the conference. The loser yeah. will obviously drop quite a bit, especially if it's North Texas. Like you can't mm-hmm. fall to seven. So we're entering the last month of the season uh, where there's, what is this, nine games left? Because they have played 20 games in conference uh, in conference USA. So there is time, but you're in the back half of the, of the, of the uh, conference here. So you got to start picking up wins over Rice. If they beat Rice, they're completely out of the grave. And 
they're like Michael Jackson, the thriller video. They're just dancing at this point. Yeah, I think I'm trying to think how does the the seating for the conference work? I think so if they get fourth right now, honestly, fourth wouldn't be bad because then they avoid middle. Yeah, I don't know how it works because there's 11 teams now. So I don't know if they are taking all 11. I, I only know Conference USA has 14 team league and now there's 11. So. Right. So if it's, if it's, I mean, I don't think it'll be like last year, but like the past couple of years, fourth is decent, is a decent spot to be in. Um, fourth or second. They don't want to finish third because then you get potentially middle in like the semifinals or something like that. Um, if you get, I, if it keeps, if it's roughly stays the same, I would assume second or fourth would avoid middle until the conference championship, um, which I think is what anybody would want. But um, yeah, I mean, again, if, the fact that we're talking about them in this capacity at all after this start of the season is nuts. Um, you know, huge turnaround. Like it really is. This is a, this was going to be a pivotal year for them. Um, Cause you lose those players, right? You lose Jay-Z on Jackson after losing Nia Boyd uh, to a conference rival. And it was kind of a prove it year and they didn't bring that much in. Right. Jacqueline Moore was kind of like the biggest acquisition and yeah, they're turning it around. So big ups to them. Trying to look to see how like women's soccer did it over there. Oh yeah. And stuff. That's a good. Yeah. That's, um, no, that's a good question. Um, but, but anyway, like think about it. I mean, think about it. You know, this is a team that if we, we were talking about this team in a very different light back in, I'm trying to think when was their, when was their worst loss? So they had, they lost it by 20 to middle, which again, everybody's losing the middle. They almost gave up 90 to FIU. I would say back in December 31st, 86, 67 yeah, to, to FIU. Mm-hmm. Like, we weren't talking well, about then this they lost a, Yeah, lost a lot of tech by 15, January 11th. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, not good. But they're back. So, um, congratulations to uh, North Texas for that. And then uh, Texas State beat Southern Miss in a game mm-hmm. between two of the top teams in uh, the Sun Belt. Uh, I'll I'll throw it to you. Let me. I'm trying to pull up the standings of the Sun Belt. Yeah. Just to make sure. I mean, they look like a real threat. They're half a game out of first. Um, I think half a game or maybe a, game, a full game. I can't remember. But regardless. Um, yeah, Troy's eight. They, Troy's they, eight and two, and then there's four teams at seven and three. Right. So, so that's why Texas State had to win that game because now it yeah. brings Southern Miss back to seven and three. Mm-hmm. And so they have Troy coming up uh, this weekend, and or I think thir- Thursday. Uh, they have Troy coming up Thursday. So that's gonna be a massive game, and yeah, man, this team is living up to the. We, you know, we were we were kind of worried about this team because they brought back everybody from last year, but last year was still kind of a disappointment. Yeah, uh, based on what we thought. This year, they've really turned it around. Um, this year, they're looking like the team we thought we'd see last year, and I, I, you know, this is gonna be. I'm really fascinated to see how this team does against Troy because traditionally they had just, they just haven't beaten Troy at all. And granted, Troy has been one of the best teams in the conference for as long as I can remember, but still they've always struggled against this team. And once again, like every year, Troy is one of the best offenses in the, in, in the, in the country, in the conference, things like that. Um, they push the ball a lot. They're, you know, just consistent. This year they've added like a lot of offensive rebounding to their game. So I, I don't know. It's going to be a fascinating game, but if they come out on top of that one, then it's like, okay, okay, now I'm really paying attention. Um, and I guess the biggest thing is like, at least for me, like 
it's not all just Kennedy Taylor and Denasia Hood, right? Tiana Eden's coming off, coming out in a big way. She's averaging just under 10 points. Ja'Kayla under nine points. Um, and defensively, they've just been really solid. They've, they're the second best team, I think, at the conference in shooting percentage, um, or uh, shooting percentage allowed. Um, and yeah, so I, this team, I really think this is a team to watch when it comes to March because hopefully, hopefully they're putting it together to where, you know, they can really make a run. And again, it all comes, it really just comes down to that game against Troy. If they can really show out and just really put up a good game, then okay, this is a team that's going to be really uh, worth paying attention to because the first game went 70, what was this, 79 to 63. So yeah. it wasn't great. I don't have anything to add. I think you covered everything well. Um, yep. In that, we'll see how they do against Troy. Uh, last thing, I realized that I missed it on the men's side real quick. It's nothing. We don't have to spend a long time on this, but Houston barely beat Cincinnati at home. Yeah. Uh, down for a lot of this game. Do we just want to continue to just shrug off like these type of games and be like, hey, man, you know, it is what it is. Like, do we want to be the old like kids will be kids type things? Like, this is, this is, this is, I'm starting to get a little worried. Like, the kids are growing up at this point and uh, I guess they're getting jobs at some point. They're still acting up. They're, they're still, yeah. like, you're 16 years old. Please go get a job. This is ridiculous. <laughs> He's still, yeah, I was about to say, they're still, uh, they're still sitting on the couch in the, yeah. in the summer, on the summer, just watching cartoons. Like, yo, bro, you're about to go to college next year. What's going exactly. on? Exactly. Um, <laughs> no, I mean, yeah, more or less, yeah. Like, I don't know. I was worried about this, too. Because, um, yeah, this was not a great performance. It was it was a Jairus Walker show-out game, right? Jairus Walker Dude, finished with 25 he's, points. He's, he is phenomenal, man. He's a man-child. He's awesome. Um, but yeah, no, it's not something that I'm necessarily excited about, but I don't know. Yeah. This just kind of is what it is right now. Um, I will say it's a big thing that they won and Ken Palm dropped them still, right? They're they're They dropped them out of the top spot to second, um, which isn't, isn't crazy, but like when you win and you get dropped by Ken Palm is says something in the underlying numbers that they're saying, oh, there's something we don't like here. Um, so I don't know. I'm not surprised that they dropped them. I think that they're probably not the best team in the country right now, but well, okay. They're probably a top, still a top five team very clearly. Um, Still, I mean, it, this still goes back to us saying, let's wait until, wait until that Memphis game, right? Like if they just hobble their way, but they're still on, they still only have that tempo loss. Okay. Probably the, the teams they get are a lot worse than Cincinnati and UCF coming up, you know, Wichita state temple, which they did lose to, uh, Tulsa and SMU, those teams aren't very good. So they might come out, you know, unbeaten heading into that Memphis uh, Memphis game, which, again, that's the one really being attention to. Well, what do you mean unbeaten? So, I mean, unbeaten in that stretch, I mean. Okay, okay, um, okay. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. I was like, I was like um, we've I, given them enough passes here. We're not going to erase the loss right. to Temple now, too. This is, right, right. This is out of 4-0, 4-0 over, these, over these next four games. Okay. Um, and then we start paying – then we can pay attention to them, really, because – and then if they blow out Memphis, okay, cool, things are fixed, right? If they come out and beat Memphis by 15, okay, cool, awesome. Don't got to pay attention until the tournament. <laughs> yeah. Uh, another team that won and dropped in Ken Palm is uh, North Texas men's basketball. Yeah, they're not impressed. Lost to U- – or beat UTSA, sorry. sorry. Yeah. Beat UTSA by four at home. Dropped 10 spots in Ken Palm from 63 to 73. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I love it. I absolutely love it. That was <laughs> you should not be rewarded for that that <laughs> at all. <laughs> Just drop them all the way. They bounced back. They beat UTEP by ten. They held UTEP to forty two points. I was about to say that was a that was an unwatchable. I think. Uh, oh God, who was it? Uh, it was one of the reporters in UTEP. You know, up in El Paso. Um, let me see if I can remember his name. He's been a long time reporter. Felix Chavez uh, mm-hmm. at the El Paso Times. He he tweeted out. He was like, oh, "I'm done watching this game." Just like the beat writer, just straight up was like, "I am done watching this game." Apparently, Joe Golding was asked after the game if he would schedule North Texas in non-conference moving forward since they're not going to be in the conference anymore. Oh god! And he said, "Not as long as Grant McCaslin is the coach there." <laughs> Hey, which I don't honest. think, which I don't think is spice. It's not like spicy. It's no, not it's not spice. It's, it's just like, like, why would I want to do this again? I just scored forty-two <laughs> points. Right. Like no. It's no, it's literally like the Spider-Man meme pointing at each other when it comes yeah. to like unwatchable exactly. basketball at times. Exactly. Just like it's like no, I'm trying to play this game ugly. Exactly. Why is he trying to play this game ugly? Exactly. Except <laughs> one team has Tyler Perry, who just you know has eighteen <laughs> points, and that's the difference. The rest, yeah, like one literally guy has instant offense. Literally, that's that's. Tyler Perry is the entire difference difference because everything else on this between these two teams is pretty comparable, I think, talent wise and stylistically. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah see, here, here's, the, here's the tweet from Felix Chavez. He said, "Unwatchable basketball in Denton, 23-19, North Texas over UTEP at the half. Someone messaged me the final. I'm out." <laughs> so <laughs> he was like, "I'm not doing this anymore." Yeah, yeah, man. Don't. Which you know what? I respect. I respect that. Sometimes I, you just got to say. Sometimes you don't got to be a slave to the game. It's like exactly. you know what? I'm tapping out. This is this is y'all, y'all be well. Y'all be well. Exactly. <laughs> Tell me the score. Exactly. Um, but anyways, yeah, I wanted to cover that little triangle of games there: UTSA North Texas U- and UTEP North Texas, since they are all yeah. Texas uh, teams here. Uh, North Texas, I know, plays Rice on February fourth, redemption game in Houston mm. this time. You better not lose North Texas. That's all We'll see. No, there will be no we'll we'll see. All right. Don't lose the damn game. Do not lose <laughs> to Rice. Again. Again. All right. I've gone through enough mm-hmm. to lose to them once. Okay. But anyways, that's it. I think we've covered everybody now. Um yep. hope you all enjoyed the podcast. Uh we'll be back on Friday with some more. Uh maybe look at some changed up. I was thinking maybe we can look at some bracketology or something. Uh since we haven't really done that very much. Um Yeah, we can do that but, for the next one um and then look at some other stuff whatever we'll mix it up keep it uh keep it light um yeah. depending on what we got here so yeah uh leave us a like comment share and subscribe on youtube if you haven't checked us out over there uh please do so uh we tweet out everything from our tw- from our twitters uh at matthew Bruni underscore and at ishmael r johnson so follow us there and if you're listening on the audio side spotify apple uh leave us a five-star rating and review we greatly appreciate it so First Johnson, I'm Matthew Bruni, and we will talk to you all later.